0: We stand for the reading of Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Please be seated. I suppose it is altogether fitting that if you and I begin a study of the life of Christ, that we start at the beginning. You know, the Bible that you hold in your lap, so many who uh, would be in our society today think they know about it, that they think they know even about Jesus the Christ, they see his birth around this time of year, or that's at least what they're thinking about, and His death some, somewhere around the spring, and that's about it. That's about all that our society really knows about Jesus the Christ. If you were to begin a study of the Bible and tell them there are divisions of Old and New Testament, that might even be foreign to them. As a matter of fact, they would probably think Noah, Abraham, David, Jesus, all those guys lived about the same time. It would blow their minds for you to say from Adam to Abraham is about 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus, it's about 2,000 years. From the cross to today, about 2,000 years. They They would kind of stumble back at that and think, why, did you, did you know that? And I would have to say, kind of. Our world is undereducated about the greatest book that's ever been written, about the most popular book that's ever been sold. How many of you like Jeopardy? Oh, wow. All right. So as I watch Jeopardy, I give myself... A four-question buffer if when it comes on and four questions go by and I don't know it I turn it if I'm supposed to know the category if they say give me quantum physics for 800 Alex I don't count that one because I don't know anything about quantum physics my favorite is when they have all the board missing except for sports and Bible because they're in a quandary They don't know anything about sports, and that's okay. And unfortunately, they don't know anything about the Bible either. You will hear some of the most disturbing and funny answers if you will just listen to them try to answer questions on Jeopardy about the Bible. And they will be basic questions. And unfortunately, that's very telling about us as a society. Within your Bible that you hold in your lap some 300 plus times, God is making a mention to a Savior that is coming. It begins in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, where we find out that that Savior that's coming is going to be a male. And also that it's going to be from a a virgin. We find out in, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, as... God calls Abraham that the Savior is coming through the family of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 49 verse 10, what we find out is not only is he coming to be a man, not only is he coming through the family of Abraham, in Genesis 49 we find out he's coming from the tribe of Judah. In uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 we find out not only is he coming from the tribe of Judah, not only is he coming from the family of Abraham, but he's coming from the family of David. Throughout time, God will be narrowing the scope of the Savior so that you and I will be able to put a bead on him when he gets to this earth so that we will know who he is. We find the Bible scope changing in Genesis chapter 12. We see the Bible it a large picture of the earth until Genesis chapter 12 where Abraham is called. And then it focuses completely on the bloodline of Jesus Christ coming through the nation of Israel. And it is 300 plus prophecies that are prophesied in that Old Testament that are completed in him. Now stop right there. Him. Not not he, the one who was the one of his generation. Not he, the one who was the one of the world while he was there. He, the one of all of humanity. And so as we look at this Jesus the Christ, that's what this word that you probably don't think is a word means. You see, four out of 66 books or right a little over 6% of the Bible deals with Jesus while he is physically here on this earth. And the word that keeps popping up about him is a word called monogenes that you can not read right there, but you can tell that's the different one. That's the Greek version of that particular word, and it means something along the lines of completely unique. Now, not completely unique simply once again with the folks he lived around or the nation in which he lived or the time period in which he lived the 1.5 gallons of blood that were found within that one that is completely unique is the only amount of blood that will save mankind there is no other substitute he is the one He is the one who is completely unique from every other person who has ever breathed air on this earth. And we find him being completely unique. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, we frequently skip that portion. You and I look at it, and sometimes we say to ourselves, that's just a bunch of of names. Right there. However, if you and I take the time to really look at it, we see 14 generations between Abraham and David, 14 generations between David and Jesus, and we're reminded of a promise given all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. That promise was not about the land that was offered to Israel. That promise was not about the the family size that, that Abraham would have, even though both of those are mentioned there. The promise that we are reminded of is the promise that through Abraham's seed, all nations of the world will be blessed. Raise your hand if you're a part of the nations of this world. All right, let me me give you this. If you didn't raise your hand, it's because either you didn't understand the question or you didn't understand the question. You are a part of the nations of this world. And you're going to be blessed through Abraham's seed. And in order to have that, you're going to have to have a birth. In order for Jesus to be human, he's going to have to be born. Now in Hebrews chapter 1, as we've been looking uh, with our kids for, for lads to leaders at the book of Hebrews, we find out that Jesus is, in chapter 1, mentioned as being better than the angels. That that sacrifice he was going to make would be one that would be applied and God didn't ask those angels. However, there's a phrase in Hebrews chapter 1 that would have us look at Jesus in a different fashions and and the the phrase is made lower. We look at that and sometimes we scratch our heads and we say if he was better than the angels how then is he going to be made lower? Let me ask you a completely unrelated question. Can God die? And see, there are some who say, no, 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 no. And my gut reaction for that would be, no, 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 God can't die. He's everlasting. Jesus did. You'll see him being made lower than the angels. You see him being made lower because he put on a cloak of flesh, John chapter 1 and verse 14, so that he could die. When he is made lower, it is for our benefit. When we see him in that manger, we need to understand that he is born for a specific purpose. And that specific purpose is to die for my sin. To die for your sin. To redeem us back to God. Even his birth. Fulfilled prophecies. We could look and start in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 and 3 where God said this is the specific spot geographically where where Jesus is going to be born. We could look at Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14 where it speaks of the mother that would carry the Christ being a virgin. We can look back at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, which was so eloquently read for us, and understand his purpose as he comes and a a government is established to be put upon his shoulders. We can look at one we very rarely look at, and that's Exodus chapter 13 and verse number 2. In Exodus chapter 13 and verse number 2, Moses writes by the inspiration of God that the firstling that comes out of the matrix of woman, or the firstborn, will be sanctified unto God. And he's speaking there in the Old Testament about all those animals that would be sacrificed. Can you see the foreshadowing? Jesus, the firstborn son of Mary, set apart for God for a reason. Now, what is that reason? It's to redeem me back to God. So when I look at his birth, I see his purpose in his life. But I have to, when I see his birth, I have to acknowledge and understand his parents. Because his parents had a gigantic role in him even being born. And that's where we want to focus our attention Today, In Matthew chapter, five, or chapter 1, verses 18 and verse number 25, we are made mention of Mary and Joseph. And throughout the gospel accounts, we're also made mention of his parents. We're going to make our camp in Matthew chapter 1 most of this day. And so we're going to first notice Mary. And I told you we'd stay in Matthew 1, and so let's immediately go to Luke 1. So Luke 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 26 through 37. Mary is, by what history would tell us, somewhere around the ripe old age of 13, 14 maybe. Maybe 15 if we're pushing it automatically when I say those numbers you look at me weirdly I need you to remember this is a different time a different group of people different age bracket if you made it to my age in Jesus day the ripe old age of 44 You'd be an old man. An angel comes to her and tells her that she is now pregnant with the child of God. And we find out in Matthew chapter 1 that from all this, she remains pure until after. She has Jesus. Until after Jesus is born, she does not know her husband. She is not joined sexually with her husband until after that point. So there's no criticism on whether or not she is a virgin or not. And she finds herself being so young and in a society that really wouldn't look down on that. But take a minute, if you can, to try to imagine what she would have to deal with. Our society in which we live has changed over the years. And at one point would have looked down and would have been aggravated and would have been upset with a birth before marriage, but now not as much. I'd imagine if you could, somebody around the Little Rock area, and they they find themselves on TV, and it's a it's a, na- a national and a local story for us on our on our news affiliates, and she is there, and she is showing to be pregnant, and she says, "This child that I'm carrying is the son of God." Now raise your hand if you believe her. See your part of that society because when she said that this is what they thought yeah right they thought Mary we know how children are conceived we know something about you can you imagine what would be said in corners whispered about her when in fact the child that she was carrying was the Son of God. And with the boldness of some in that society, could you imagine what would be said to her face? Not only from that time, but from that time throughout the rest of her life she's gonna be labeled you know what for for being the one that God chose seven hundred thirty years earlier she's gonna be labeled what does she do notice Joseph Joseph would have been a little older than her. Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 tell us that that Joseph is a fellow who is just. Upright, righteous. He's one who is trying his best to follow after the law of God. And in verse 20, here's what you'll read. And while he thought on these things what things? On the situation that's facing him. Does he continue in in marriage to marry? Maybe move off where nobody knows them? Does he, as he has a right legally, take her out in the street and stone her? While he thought on these things, he said, I'm going to put her away privily or privately. I'm going to allow her to keep her life. I notice this about Joseph. I'm going to allow her to keep her life because I love her. But I'm going to give her a chance to maybe move to a different town or a different village or maybe even a whole different country where, where nobody knows her, and maybe this label doesn't follow her. And I can continue with my life as I'm following after God, and she can, she can have a life somewhere else. While he thought on these things, that angel of the Lord came to him. And said, Do not fear to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Now, I have had some pretty vivid dreams in my day. Where you wake up and you think they're real. As a matter of fact, there was a dream that was, I'm not going to point any fingers, but there was, some, there was a dream that was had this week where I was in trouble when I woke up. Because I was mean to someone in the house in their dream. And you know what I said? I'm sorry. If I'd have been there, I wouldn't have been mean. I'm sorry. You know, dreams are real. It's almost like you can touch them and you're right there in them. Maybe Joseph was dreaming. Maybe it was the fact that Mary had planted this seed in his mind. No, 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 no. no. He was awake. He was alert. He understood when that messenger said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, because he did it, that it was from God, and he was a just man. And Joseph's going to be labeled too. It's not just Mary in this process who's going to be labeled. Either Joseph is so gullible he believes a girl who's already pregnant that that she didn't do anything, she's still a virgin. Or he doesn't care. He's not going to be labeled as just, righteous. He's going to be labeled as someone who just decided to do things his own way without these two people Jesus never makes it to earth if Joseph simply says I'm gonna take Mary out and stone her and she dies outside of the gate which he had legal right to do Jesus doesn't die for our sins because the Christ dies on the cross not Stoned to death in the streets. Without these two people, Jesus doesn't come, doesn't, doesn't live life, doesn't learn. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 13. You want to find out something about Joseph? In verse number 13, Joseph is told by God get your wife, get the child, go to Egypt. And stay there till I send you word. That'll be till Herod dies and the threat's over. If you read verse 14 and 15, what you'll find out is Joseph gathered his wife, himself, his child, and went to Egypt until God said, come back home. What Joseph would have said, if we split up, then the resources they'll be looking for, Jesus, will be split up and we'll have a better opportunity to avoid detection if if you are in Galilee and I'm in Egypt. Would he have followed God's Word? Nope. What if he would have sent the mother and the child to Egypt and he would have gone off to to Italy or somewhere? Still would not have followed God's Word. What would he do? This just man packed up his wife, his child, and his belongings and went to Egypt, passing through the temple on his way there. God just threw that in just to let us know that they went to the temple, right? No, that was so Jesus could be registered in the house of David from both sides. So when you look at him... You see the one from the family of uh, of Abraham, from the tribe of Judah, from the household of David. You see the one who was born of a virgin and to a just man. Brother Garland Elkins would say this about Jesus the Christ. He proved himself as deity over and over again, from a virgin womb to a virgin tomb. And that's the life of Jesus. As you and I look at him, you and I cannot study his birth without studying his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. That was his mission. It forces us, when we look at his birth, to see him as Jesus, the King, Jesus, the Christ, the Redeemer for all mankind. That birth that happened in Bethlehem, in that little manger, ultimately ends up on a Roman cross. It ultimately ends up with the death of an innocent man. It ultimately ends, well, with with our salvation. Without that birth of Jesus, we have no hope of salvation. Drew, you know what I like about babies? I like baby magic. Anybody know what that is? The pink lotion. You know what it smells like? Oh, that little clean baby with that little baby magic right on his head. I, I could smell a baby's head for the rest of my life. So, that is fantastic. I know y'all say that makes me sound kind of creepy, but that's not what I'm talking about. The way a baby makes those sounds, the way it smells, the way we look at it as helpless and and needing us. its what I love about babies. As a matter of fact, that's probably what we all love about babies. We don't like the sleepless nights and the dirty diapers and all that kind of thing, do we? We put those out of our minds and we think about those good things. And most, if not all, of our society worldwide wants to have the baby in that manger. Wants to be able to pick him up every now and again and smell his head. Put him right back down. Because the baby that's in the manger doesn't require anything. What we don't want to see is that baby who's grown up. What we don't want to see is the last week of that baby's life. What we don't want to see is a man who is beaten beyond recognition because of me. What we don't want to see is the prophet Isaiah saying that his appearance his visage will be so marred that you won't even tell he's human. What we don't want to see is a man who is affixed to a cross by nails because of me, because of you. What we don't want to see is the one who is hanging there. Who just a few days earlier said, If you love me, keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen like the baby. It doesn't require anything. And I can go home and I've rubbed spiritual salve all over my body and say, everything is lovely. Well, it's not. Because the baby grows up. The baby is the sacrifice for us, and we're going to have to do something with him. And you're going to have to ask yourself now, what are you going to do with him? Listen to what he says. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 13, He that hath ears to hear, let him Hear Jesus when he says, believe and be baptized. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. Hear Jesus when he says, for those who will repent, uh, I will offer eternal life. Luke 13, 3 and 5. Listen to Jesus when he said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. But if you don't, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Listen to Jesus once again in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, the, where he would say, Believe and be baptized. Wash away your sins from the blood of the sacrifice that's found on that cross. And interestingly, the same blood that was found in that baby. Be his child. Put Christ on in baptism today. It might be the fact that you've done those things. Are you faithful to the Master? If not, it's time for you to come home too. Right now as we stand and sing for your encouragement.